welcome to episode 188 of the Walking Through Games podcast, where Clint walks Mark through games. I'm Mark. I'm Clint. And we're back, man. This is technically part three now, right? Where we're yep, relaunching the show. So, yep. Well, not relaunching, but you know what I mean. What would you? Yeah. yeah well, is it a relaunch? It's just resuming, really. It's it's resuming with with uh, epic catch up, catch up reruns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah. if anybody's still with us that is extremely impressive and make sure you let us know but yeah, yeah man I'm keen to get job. straight into it do you want to get back into it yeah yeah for sure oh. I mean we haven't we haven't talked about which I guess we probably should since we last did it our country has also uh, gone into quarantine so I'm sure many countries around the world you know uh, pretty much all the countries that has anyone listening to this podcast would also be in quarantine so Yes, that's, that's true. an interesting change because we did mention it once or twice last episode. I don't know if we did the the first one, but um, uh, yeah, I know. But we do, we definitely did whenever we did one. Yeah, but yeah, um, so we're in our houses. Yeah, well, that's it. And and to to say that if my audio sounds crappy, it's because I'm doing it from my laundry <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> all the bedrooms are taken at the moment because Josh has come back because his taste closed and. He has taken his room back, so I am uh, using my dryer as my table at the moment. That is amazing. Um, but <laughs> oh, we'll here, I was just thinking you were like multitasking and getting your laundry done at the same time. As... Oh, well, that just wouldn't work, <laughs> so that would just be very noisy. Yeah, well, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, hopefully awesome. it sounds okay still, but we'll get well, there. Well, it sounds perfect to my ears right now, man, so hopefully it'll be bearable for everybody, but yeah, that's awesome. I'll, I'll edit it and, and hopefully make it sound amazing anyway. Nice one. Cool, man. Well, so where were we at last time? I don't even remember. Were we just about uh, to talk about a massive, massive lot of news? No, it's not a big. It's got. A, it's got a. I thought it was big, but it's it's basically one story and then a second story. So, but it's the one big story. So, which episode are we up to at this point? Uh, so this would have been two hundred and one. Two hundred and one. Out of how many? What would we? What are we going to go through to? Well, if you include this week, two twenty three. 223 so that's what that's a lot of episodes the odds of us getting through all that are pretty low but who knows let's yeah. uh we might be, be another two or three episodes probably <laughs> 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 or we can just power through and i'll try and keep my mouth shut yeah because I mean, we'll really this is get. just you re-educating said, about what's been happening in the games industry because that's the thing it's funny because when we had our get because i used to be so on top of it like i knew what was happening even though i hadn't really you know seen or played any of these games like i kind of knew i was definitely aware of what was coming out just based on you reminding me every week in the news. But really, most of the stuff you're telling me is pretty irrelevant. I mean, it's more about, I'm just interested in all the things you beat because you beat such an epic amount of games, you know? I did, yeah, it's true. Whereas the well, news is less important. So and, I reckon we could just try and fly through it as quickly as possible. Well, we can. And as I said, a few of the episodes probably don't have much anyway. So yeah. there'll be some that do and some that don't. Well, especially old news, man. Throw in a yada 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 and away we go. Yeah, I'll see how we go. Nice one. Oh, well, three minutes in. Let's do this. I'm keen. Righto. Well, this week, this this episode that we're talking about, I didn't actually beat anything, so I've only got new stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Starting um, with a bang. Anyway, oh, no. Actually, I did have one thing to say, though, because remember, I think it was the first episode that we did catch-ups for. We talked about that new Bubble Bobble game coming out on Switch. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said I'd look up the price because we didn't know how much it was. Because we both said it would be like maybe twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah, it is not twenty bucks. I looked it up. It is a full price game at fifty nine ninety nine. What? 
Yeah. Who's paying that man? Yeah. Like maybe like rich lawyers who bought a switch just to like kill time or whatever. Like and they're like, oh, bubble bubble, I love that. But like, yeah. Nobody's buying that full price. That yeah, is because no, I forgot window, man. to talk about it last episode because I did look it up pretty much straight away after we finished the the first one we recorded. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, on the on the Switch store, it's fifty nine ninety nine. Dude, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yep. So I won't buy it. I'll buy it when it goes on sale one day. <laughs> yeah, friggin' for five dollars. Exactly. Nah, it'll never go that cheap. Nintendo that's never has crazy. big discounts like that. Actually, yeah, that's not true. So. Their eShop sales, some stuff goes up to like 90% off. So I've bought a bunch of games for like a dollar and a dollar fifty. Oh, that's all right. Which, yeah, we well, can't say that then. Yeah, which are games that probably I wouldn't play usually, but they look pretty cool for a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of that, before we get started again, what about that um, Humble Bundle? Did you pay the dollar fifty? No, but it's still going for like another four days or something. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that one is. But the yeah. fifth, the, I think Kenny actual... said she'd buy it for Megan because that's the sort of game Megan plays. Yeah, because the actual coronavirus one, I think, is finished now. Yeah, I I just knew it because I knew that they were giving a hundred percent of the profits to, you know, yeah, hospitals or something. But yeah. um, it I had I had like half the stuff in it as well. Yeah, well, I did too, and I'm like, well, for fifty bucks, I, yeah. I, you could have bought that the game dev thing. Yeah, and I can buy something else. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of, I actually talked to Nadine about it because I was going to do it. And then I was like, oh, I looked at the store because the PlayStation store has a big Easter sale on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and for the same price, I'm going to buy like six new VR games. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because um, I've been wanting awesome. to get into VR again. Yeah, groovy. So I'm going to uh, buy a couple of those, I think. Instead. I've actually got a Vive sitting next to me right now. So, well, Lardy a little bit of VR. I'm actually doing VR development stuff though. So, yeah. But I, you know, I've got plenty of things I can also play. I've got Super Hot, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah, well, that was in I the bundle. Plenty of like Beat Saber <laughs> and stuff. All right. So, getting into it. So, this is the one big story, and I put it in here because it's kind of a an iconic thing and ending to a journey, basically. So yeah. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced that it'll be shutting down SingStar's servers after 15 incredible years on the 31st of January 2020, so it's already gone. Good. There you go. So basically nobody was using it anymore and they've killed them? Well, it basically said if you have made any digital purchases, you're advised to download everything onto your console now because you will lose access to the content after this date. Additionally, if you're a trophy hunter, you might want to work on that platinum as soon as possible because once the servers are offline, you won't be able to unlock certain trophies. Oh, there you go. Sony provided the following list of features that will continue to work after server closure and functions that won't work. So, available offline, you can play songs on physical discs, play digital songs that have previously been purchased and downloaded to the hard drive. Uh, PS4 users only will also be able to re-download previously downloaded and deleted songs. Note, this is not possible for PS3 slash PS2 users, where if a downloaded song is deleted, it cannot be re-downloaded. Nice one. Uh, still play party mode, track and record high scores offline, take and store videos and snapshots onto your PlayStation hard drive, create song playlists. Uh, so then functionality affected by the closure... Purchasing or downloading new songs will not be possible or available. You'll not be able to view, upload, or interact with any online user-generated content. You'll not be able to share recorded media at the end of a performance on any of the available public sharing platforms, example, Facebook, Twitter, etc. 
Uh, you'll not be able to track and record high scores online. You will not be able to complete online challenges. So then the trophies affected by it are Channel Surfer, Concert Debut, Stars in My Eyes, and Sing Star. So I don't know what they actually yeah. need to get the I'm trophy. sure there are some places where they still do Sing Star regularly, but I don't know if they'd be using the online servers. They probably just use the built-in stuff you know oh yeah i imagine because you get it I, I assume it's like just dance where you get like 40 songs on the disc or whatever yeah yeah uh so they've just got a a little paragraph at the end from the developers or whatever so they've said we've loved watching the community grow and have lots of fond memories from working on singstar wrote the developer your support over the years has meant the world thank you and lots of love so there you go awesome yeah uh so then there's only one other story from this and it was BBC has released a short documentary showcasing the latest stages of Death Stranding development. It provides a 26-minute inside look at Kojima Productions wrapping things up on the game, but one of the most interesting parts is that Kojima specified that Kojima Productions would make films in the future. This is interesting as all of Kojima's games, Death Stranding included, have all had lengthy cutscenes and people have often made the connection between Kojima and his obviously love, obvious love film making. Oh, that's not very good English. Uh, it's unclear if these films will branch into the next IP or if we'll see the world of Death Stranding expanded on, but it's going to be pretty interesting nonetheless. Nice one. Well, I mean, I know that for Silent Hills, he teamed up with Guillermo del Toro, who yeah. made like Hellboy and Pants Labyrinth and whatever else he made. Yeah. But um, yeah, it'd be cool to see him them partner up again, you know, because he's a pretty good filmmaker and between him and Kojima's imagination, they'd probably do all right. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Well, I, I, funnily enough, I think he's actually in Death Stranding. Oh, okay, crazy. Uh, and he used Norman Reedus as well as in Death Stranding. Oh, okay, crazy. Yeah, so he kind of took them, took away from Silent Hills. Yeah. And and used them in his game instead. I agree. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the next one. The, <laughs> funnily enough, no game beaten again. <laughs> nice. What um, were you playing? You must have been playing something if you're uh, playing Well, the next, the next episode, I beat Lego The Incredibles. So there you go. But you wouldn't have been playing that for three weeks. <laughs> I must have been just... Oh, no, there you go. Further up the line, I beat Luigi's Mansion on 3DS. Yeah, okay. Cool. Or Luigi's Mansion 2. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so that's probably what I was playing. Yeah, cool. So what was the news in that episode? Uh, so news on this is on the heels of the wild release of Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima has been awarded two Guinness World Records certificates for most followed game director on Twitter and Instagram. As of this writing, Kojima-san has garnered 2.8 million followers on his English Twitter page Damn. and 910,000 followers on Instagram. That's crazy. That's I wonder if his name these days is more famous than Shigeru Miyamoto. Could be. Says that's I reckon over. with new kids, a lot of them might not know who Shigeru Miyamoto was. Well, that's true, yeah. Whereas they would know who Kojima They'd know is. Kojima, yeah. hell yeah. Well, it says, uh, so that's over 3.7 million followers in total from both social media platforms. As the line on his Twitter and Instagram bio suggests, 70% of my body is made of movies. Kojima-san delights his fans with posters of his favourite movies and TV shows from Godzilla to Star Wars, uh, recent films included as well as behind-the-scenes photos of upcoming games, especially Death Stranding. Crazy. Yeah. So there you go. So you got, yeah, two two Guinness World Records for that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, After man. all the all the crap he went through, he's doing all right. He's coming out on top, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so then Sony Interactive Entertainment has filed yet another patent for a cartridge, but this one looks different than the design that surfaced in 2018. Uh, let's go digital. The folks who first discovered the PlayStation 5 dev kit found the patent on Brazilian Instituto Nacional de Propriedade. <laughs> Uh, Industrials website. The application was filed in June 2019 and was published last week on 5th of November. According to a translation by WCCF Tech, uh, the cartridge's designer is Eugen Morisawa, who is a senior art director at SIE's Corporate Design Centre and has been serving the company for 15 years. At the moment, we don't have access to the English version of this specific patent, but when we do, we'll make sure to share the details with our readers. Uh, While patents don't necessarily materialise, the PS5 dev kit was spot on though. We can't help but wonder if Sony's looking into developing another handheld at some point, especially considering that the PlayStation Vita utilise cartridges. However, that's merely speculation at this point, uh, as we don't have anything concrete to suggest that the company will release another handheld. I really don't think they will. I really, really don't. Really? Nah. Vita just didn't take off enough that, that I don't think they're interested in doing it really but then well, when uh, you think that their new consoles are, are getting more beefed up yeah. to look like a PC like they can't even they don't even have compact consoles anymore so I know, well, what know do it's I not know? like they because can the make Switch... a handheld with as much power so yeah the Switch is doing well though so what do I know well yeah I guess you're right I mean but Nintendo are kind of known for their handhelds right yeah true I think the hard thing for PlayStation or Microsoft would be getting the developer support, you know? Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I love my Vita and I still play it. So, yeah. I would love a new handheld from PlayStation if they I think did the way it. they see it is like between iOS and Android, that's kind of mobile gaming covered, you know? Yeah, it's true. And and now Switch. Oh, very much so, yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, so then a number of 2K Facebook pages, including the Borderlands and WWE pages, have been hacked with the hacker, showing absolutely no signs of stopping. Some pretty foul things are being posted on those pages, but it's unclear who is responsible for it. It could be somebody by the name of Nublom, or N-U-B-L-O-M. Uh, but a quick Google search of this name makes it seem as if it's a copycat scenario. It's unclear if any other pages have been compromised, and it's also unclear how long it'll be before 2K gains control back of their pages. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end. So then the next one, as I said, beat Lego The Incredibles on PS4. Uh, gave that nice a five. One. Played that with Thomas through the whole game, so that was cool. He does cool. like the Lego games. Uh, Is I have that based s- off, like, Incredibles 1 and 2? Uh, no, just 1, I think. Or I guess just the universe of The Incredibles, or did it tell the story of The Incredibles? Uh yeah, no, it's it's the universe of the Incredibles. It yeah, it didn't really tell the story as such that I remember. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, fair. in saying that, it was one of the funnest Lego games I've played so far. Really, with, with their power ups and things that you can use. Yeah, it was really yeah, fun. Cool. Yeah, awesome. And and Thomas really dug it. And and it's really cool because when you beat it, there's actually extra um, missions and stuff that you can do that aren't even download content. They're just part of the game. Like the after game game. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so we haven't even finished all that stuff yet because we we sort of moved on to other Lego games and things now. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so the Newswise Video Games Chronicle has discovered that the first DualShock 5 patents have appeared on the Japanese patent office earlier today. doesn't look a whole lot different to the DualShock 4, but it does appear that it'll have a microphone, slightly larger triggers. Uh, these are the adaptive triggers that Sony has referred to already, and a USB port USB-C is likely. The analog sticks could also be slightly smaller, but this could just be an illusion caused by the fact that the controller is bigger. Nice. So this was around January, and you know that the actual controllers got released today because you sent me a text. No, well, this is November last year. November last year. Yeah. Okay. But yes, they did just announce the new one today. As we record this, yeah. basically. What's so today? I have that in something my notes. Of, something <laughs> of uh, April 8th? Yeah, so I have this in God, my I notes. God, I should have a date. That's being in quarantine for you. It, I have it in my notes for this week. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh, who knows? We might get up to that if we keep rolling. It's true. Uh, so the controller looks to be slightly larger than DualShock 4 as well, which hopefully means that we'll get a larger battery in the controller, one area where the DualShock 4 is really lacking. It's true. I have to plug mine in after every time I play. Really? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like it gets to probably one bar after I have yeah. a, a... Like if I stay up and play for a night or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah, I'll usually put my console into rest mode and just let it charge then overnight. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Valve has announced that they're finally creating a new Half-Life game. It's called Half-Life Alex, and it's set to be their flagship VR game. The game will probably be revealed on Thursday evening. Rumours started swirling earlier this morning that they were set to reveal the game, which will be set between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. It's obviously not the game that we've been waiting for, but no doubt Valve will be putting every effort into it to ensure that the game is... Oh, that it, this is a game that delivers. It seems that they're going all in on the Valve Index VR headset that they recently soft launched. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's not available on PlayStation VR. It will be on your Vive, and it is out now because I just heard a review of it the other day. And, cool. Um, it's getting pretty good scores and stuff, so it could be. I think I've seen a clip play. for it. What's that? I think I've seen a clip for it. Mm, I don't know. I haven't actually seen a clip for it, but you may have. Because mm. you do look at Vive stuff more than me. Yeah, no, I just have a feeling I have seen it, but anyway, who knows? Maybe I haven't. You know, speaking of clips I've seen, I just saw um, the intro trailer for Diablo 4 the other day. That was looking pretty crazy. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Do you love the Diablo have you seen games? that video? Mm, no, I don't think I have. It's kind of scary. I mean, of course it is because it's Diablo, but yeah, it was pretty hectic. Mm. Oh, well. Very cinematic. I mean, it looks... It's got that... It's funny because I used to love it back in like Diablo 2. Like, because it was like, whoa, look how amazing the CG, you know, animation is. And the, I reckon the Diablo 2... A lot of those, like, cinematics are still... Like, they hold up, you know? They're still really quality. Mm. But um, this was, like, Uncanny Valley, you know? Like, it was, like, real enough that it looks like humans, but, like, just a bit off. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Yep. Anyway, definitely worth it. Oh, well, I'm out. keen. I, the Diablo game's great, so I'm looking forward to a new one. Well, I reckon good. that video that they've shared is just going to be the opening of the game, you know? Well, they've released... Diablo 3 like a billion times now. Yeah. So it's time for a new one. Oh, yeah, no, this is... Yeah, check it out. I'm sure you, you'll have it in your new semi, right? Uh, I don't know. 
Potentially. I can't remember yeah. now. I only saw it, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, the trailer, but it's probably been yeah. there for ages. I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. Cool. All right. So then according to Internet Sleuths, the brand new It's Time to Play commercial by Sony may have just revealed an upcoming Crash Bandicoot sequel. The evidence offered in support of this claim can be seen at the 11 to 18 second mark and takes the form of an unfamiliar mask floating above Dr. Neo Cortex's racing car. Wooden masks possessed by friends and foes alike have been a part of the Crash Bandicoot franchise since its inception in 1996, but the white circular mask featured in this particular ad doesn't belong to any other Crash game that we know of. At least not yet. It's worth mentioning that rumours of the next Crash Bandicoot game have been posted on 4chan recently by the same person that leaked the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing well before they were announced. Here's what he had to say about the upcoming game. Crash Bandicoot Worlds will apparently see the marsupial travel around Earth in a Mario 3D World-styled adventure, featuring new enemies, characters, and more. Activision Crash Bandicoot's publisher has said nothing, but the internet's rumblings seem to suggest a reveal for Crash Bandicoot Worlds is imminent, and a trailer at this year's Game Awards show in December seems likely, given that Nitro Fuel debuted at the ceremony last year. When tagged in a tweet about the mysterious mask, Toys for Bob character artist Nicholas Cole responded with a thinking face emoji quoting the tweet on his own timeline. It's worth mentioning that plenty of people have disagreed with the claim, convinced instead that it is the same model from the most recent Crash Bandicoot games. Slightly tweaked for the ad. Still, the combination of the video and outdoor advertising, as well as the recent success of Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, and Crash Team Racing provide a compelling reason to speculate that a new title may be well on the way. Cool. Haven't, haven't heard anything myself, so... Uh, I don't know of a new Crash game coming as such. Yeah, 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 yeah. But cool. I mean, people love Crash Bandicoot, so I'm not surprised at all about that. But, you know, like, I mean, people went nuts when they re-released... Was that a re Nitro refueled one? Yeah, the last one that came out. The kart racing one. No, not a kart one. Didn't they re-release all the original games? Yeah, yeah, that's the Insane Trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, so then they released the kart racing one as well, and everyone went crazy for that too. I haven't seen that. That's cool. Oh, well, I've got it here. I haven't played it yet, though. Nice. Yeah, I just know people love it. You know, people love Crash. I don't really get it. I've never thought it was that great a game, but... I've beaten one and two off that insane trilogy. I haven't beaten the third one yet. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. But people do also love conspiracy theories as well. Yes, they do. I think they love them even more than they love Crash Bandicoot. It's true. Yeah, nice one. Right. Cool. So then moving on to the next one, I beat a game this time too. Uh, awesome. And it was Paw Patrol on a roll. <laughs> nice. Uh, so obviously, if you're getting not aware, into the classics, getting into the classics. Yeah. Man. So if you're not aware of Paw Patrol, <laughs> it's a it's a little cartoon that that all the little kids are loving at the moment, where they're dogs and they do rescues and and other fun things like that. Uh, so Thomas got this for his birthday on the Xbox One. So I'd been playing that with him as well. So I did finish it, gave it a three. It it was fun for what it is. It's very linear. Um, side-scrolling platforming. Three is still pretty impressive. With those sorts of games, you usually expect them to be like totally undercooked pieces of trash. You know? Oh, it's not though, man. Like we we had fun collecting all the collectibles and searching stuff. So basically, you go through the stage and it's left to right um, side-scrolling, and each stage has two hundred bones that you have to collect, gold bones, 
yeah. And then uh, there's also uh, five like gold Paw Patrol badge things as well. Yeah. Um. So I think we. I don't know. It's so long ago now. From what I remember, I think we did them all except for like two stages out of like the fifteen stages that there are. So yeah, yeah. we could go back and get it if we wanted to. Um. But yeah, as you go through the game, so you go through the level, and then you'll get to a certain point where the Paw Patrol member that you're playing as can't do something, so you have to call in one of the other ones. So say it'll be like move a log or jump across a gap or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or swim. I think one of them was swimming under water and stuff like that so it'll swap it over so you get to play as all the different characters and stuff so it was really cool and thomas really had a lot of fun with it too so yeah awesome if you have little kids it's a good one to play because it's really easy for them to just pick up and because it's literally just jump double jump move and that's it yeah awesome and and when you get to those sections you pick a button to pick the right person that you have to pick and if you pick the wrong one, it goes, nope, try again. And then you just... Ah, yeah. that's awesome. So it's very um, catered towards little kids, which is cool because, yeah, he had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot of news this one. So a new rumor doing the round suggests that we could finally be seeing the return of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series. Oh, Most... yeah, you've been saying that for a while, though. Yeah, it's, and it's they're still talking about it. It's yeah, I think it's further up in the news as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, so most of us assumed the sheer awfulness of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 killed off the once great skateboarding franchise for good. But a new report claims that Activision is now looking back to move looking back to move forward. Specifically, it sounds like we can expect remakes of the first two and best in brackets games in the series, which is totally true because they were really good. But 3 was really good too. And 4 was actually really good too. So... Uh, industry journalist and previously verified sharer of rumours, Sabi has the delicious dirt. They claim that Activision has developed remastered prototypes of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Prototypes which are allegedly currently being shared around Activision for some unknown reason. I say unknown reason. I think the reason is fairly obvious. If these prototypes exist, it should suggest that Activision is planning remakes of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. This is an incredibly exciting possibility. I'm sure we can all agree. I do agree because I will play the crap out of those games if they come out. Nice. Uh, Sabi notes that they've known about these demos for a while now but was unsure whether it was enough to suggest that a new game or remake was definitely in development. However, the reports have now been corroborated by fellow journalist Liam Robinson, making the return of Tony Hawk look all the more inevitable. Back in August this year, Activision confirmed that it was looking into further remasters and remakes. The Crash Bandicoot and Spyro remasters were huge successes after all, which prompted Activision president Rob Kostish to tease that we should stay tuned for future announcements on remasters of other franchises. Activision owns the rights to a number of classic franchises from the glory days of the original PS1, of course, but I'd argue that after Crash and Spyro, none are as popular or as frequently requested as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. The first two games in the series were generation-defining hits that combined tight, combo-based gameplay with creatively designed levels. I mean, Tony Hawk himself recently said he thinks the second game is the best one, which is all the evidence you should need. Yeah, the second game was the best. The second one was the best. I do agree. I kind of want to put it on my my PlayStation Mini. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, maybe one day. But yeah, I I would buy those in a heartbeat if they release those, and I hope they release them as just one, like you get both on one disc. 
Yeah, for cause, sure. Because that would be awesome. Or if they released it as, do you know what? Even if it was all of all the four together, that would be amazing. Oh, totally. I can totally. I can live in hopes. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't be the only one, man. But yeah, one and two would be still very awesome. Like number one, I think I had on the sixty four originally. That was the mm. first one I got. Yeah. And then, yeah, later on, PlayStation. Uh, for number two, I played on Smithy's PlayStation all the time because he had it. Yeah. And so then when we got the PS2, I ended up buying it for myself because it was obviously you could play it on the PS2. So, yeah. Cool. All right, so moving on. So this episode that we would have covered, I beat two games. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, so one of them is called Escape Dude Land, and that was on the Nintendo Switch, and I gave it a three and a half. Uh, so it's kind of like an endless runner in a way. Um, so it has it has individual stages, but yeah, it's a continuously running game where you jump and dodge stuff and um, try and get through the level and collect collectibles as you go through the level. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a very hard game. <laughs> nice. It's 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 brutal. So. And, and you can actually, so as you go, you have to collect these like bean things or whatever and collecting those beans unlocks like the next level once you get a certain amount of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, at a certain point, if you miss them and stuff like that, because you get times where you're just like, I can't be bothered doing this and you just try and run through. But then if you don't collect them all, you then have to go back and do the stage again and try and collect them. And once you beat a stage, you can do it as a, uh, it's like a, a harder mode. Uh, as if you'd want to. Where you don't get checkpoints and you basically have to do it through as one run through. Yeah. Uh, so I did it on a couple of the levels. I did do it on a couple because you get like a gold bean from what I remember, I think. And, oh, yeah. And it like lets you unlock a stage quicker or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, so I played it through and, and it was one of those games where like it gives you that tiny little bit where you get that little bit further. So you're like, oh, I made a little bit further. So then you play again and then you get that little bit further and it's, yeah, so it just totally. feeds you enough yeah, that you want to keep playing. Uh, I think I did get frustrated at one point and I gave up one night and then went back the next day and that's when I beat it the next day. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so then the other game I beat was called One Night Stand, and I also played that on the Switch as well. So uh, I finished that, gave that a 4 out of 5. So it was a really interesting concept. So basically you, and it literally is in the title, One Night Stand, so you wake up next to a girl and you oh, have... You I have, was thinking it must have been like a play on words. It's actually about a one-night stand. It is, yeah. yeah. And so you have no idea what's going on and there's a bunch of different scenarios and things that you can do to get different endings. So there's like nine okay. different endings altogether. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so different options you pick, different things you search for in the room and different things you look through give you different dialogue options and things like that. And there's, yeah, certain different endings. So I actually played through and got all the different endings. Because I had a lot of fun with it and it was really interesting. And it's great because the first time you play through it, you have to read everything and see what you're saying and whatever. So then on your second playthrough, you can skip parts of the dialogue that you've already read. Oh, okay. So cool. I like that they did that because it allows you to 
get through and quickly see the other endings. Yeah. yeah, get those other endings without having to read all the stuff again that takes like friggin' an hour to read type thing. Yeah, good. Um, so I think I did it. I think I did it in the space of a day. Like I got all the endings in in sort of probably maybe four or five hours. Yeah, that's pretty great. So if you didn't want to do all the endings, you can pretty much. If, if you want to be a jerk and just like run out the door, you can end it in about 10 minutes. Nice. So there is one option to do that. Um, but yeah, I do recommend it's, it's really cool. It's got a really cool art style and it's quirky and got some just nice soft music and stuff. So yeah, I, it was totally worth it. I think I paid, I don't know. It was, it was one of the sales that I bought on the eShop on, on the switch. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, like six bucks or something I paid for yeah, it so totally worth cheap, it yeah. really yeah, fun cool. yeah alright so then news wise today Sony Interactive Entertainment Japan and Asia hosted the 2019 ceremony of the PlayStation Awards at the traditional Grand Prince Hotel New Tanakawa venue in Tokyo uh, at the beginning of the ceremony President and CEO Jim Ryan stepped on stage to receive a special award PlayStation was declared Guinness World Record holder as the best-selling home video console brand worldwide. Uh, So according to Guinness, PS4, PS3, PS2, and PS1 sold 450,190,000 units combined as of November 7th, 2019. Uh, so just yesterday, well, whenever I put this in, Jim Ryan yeah. himself sent a celebratory message to underline today's 25th anniversary of the release of the original PlayStation. There you go. Crazy. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so then in an interview with Game Informer, Sony President Jim Ryan has confirmed that the company won't be investing in another handheld PlayStation Vita oh, it got was, confirmed. There yeah, there you go. It was brilliant in many ways, and the actual gaming experience was great, but clearly it's a business that we're no longer in now, said Jim Ryan to Game Informer. It's definitely no huge surprise that Sony won't be creating another handheld anytime soon. The Vita was successful in the short term, but died out fairly quickly and didn't get the heights oh, to the heights that the PlayStation Portable did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And we were just enough. talking about that. So relevance yeah. uh, based on the last episode. Totally. I got bloody ants climbing around my computer. <laughs> in the laundry. Good old laundry. Well, our fridge is in here too, so that's probably why. Yeah, apparently. Oh, there's ants everywhere, man. I've had ants in my house lately too. Either it's coming up to rain or they know it's a virus going around. Yeah, that's true. Only a couple. It's all good. Uh, alrighty, so then this episode, as we mentioned previously, I beat Luigi's Mansion 2 on 3DS. Uh, so I gave that a four and a half out of five. Had a lot of fun with it. Remembered playing the original on GameCube. So had had really wanted to play this one for ages and I just never, I, I, I always put off buying it. And so one day I was just like, nah, I'm just going to buy it. And I think it went to, uh, I think it became one of those uh, like hits games. So it made it cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So I think I picked it up for about twenty four ninety five. Um, totally worth my 25 bucks. Totally worth awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So it's really cool. It's got a little bit of different uh, controls and things that you can do with your vacuum compared to the first one. Um, my only gripe with it, which is nothing to do with the actual game, is that, well, I suppose it is a little bit, but my hands got really friggin' cramp, not crampy, but achy 
with how you had to press the buttons to move and vacuum and do all stuff at the same time, I guess, with the size and shape of the 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, so I got, yeah, my my thumbs and stuff got a bit sore after playing it for a long period of time. Um, but other than that, it was quite fun. Uh, so I'm looking forward to playing the awesome. new one on Switch, which I do have, and I just haven't played yet because I've got a billion things to play, but I'll get yeah. there one day. Groovy, man. Yeah. So then, news-wise, Snoop Dogg's LS50X headset is hitting Australia on Monday, December 16th. It'll be available at EB Games exclusively for four ninety nine ninety five. It's extremely limited. There's only 2,500 in the world, and each set will come with a commemorative certificate of authenticity. Uh, the headset includes a removable boom mic, an internal mic, 20 hours of battery life, and you can move between your console and mobile devices. It also comes with Snoop Dogg voice prompts, so you'll be able to hear the dog himself as you play. <laughs> no. 500 bucks. Nice. Uh, I suppose if you got it to spend it, that's nice. I think if I bought that, you wouldn't want to open it, though, to be honest. Oh, with yeah. A, with only having 2500 in the world. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, I won't be buying it. No. Uh, so, today, 2K Games announced the formation of a new studio called Cloud Chamber to work on the next Bioshock, a game that's still a few years out from release, according to the publisher. A collective of storytellers eager to push the front lines of interactive entertainment by making unique, entertaining, and thoughtful experiences that engage the world. Cloud Chamber will build its team at two locations, 2K's San Francisco Bay Area headquarters in Nevada, Calif, uh, as well as in Montreal, Quebec, which marks the first ever Canadian office for a 2K studio. The company said in a press release, in addition, 2K announced that Cloud Chamber has started to work on the next iteration of the globally acclaimed Bioshock franchise, which will be in development for the next several years. Uh, Cloud Chamber is being headed by Kelly Gilmore, previously of Firaxis Games, acquired by 2K back in 2005, and best known for the Civilization and XCOM strategy games. While Ken Levine, who directed Bioshock 1 and Infinite, isn't affiliated with the project at all. Gilmore told IGN in an email that series alums Hoji Delaplante, creative director on Bioshock 1 and 2, Scott Sinclair, art director on Bioshock 1 and Infinite, and Jonathan Pelling, art team, creative director on Infinite, will be working on the new game at Clown Chamber. Our team believes in the beauty and strength of diversity in both the makeup of the studio and the nature of its thinking. Gilmore said in the press release, We are a deeply experienced group of game makers, including many responsible for Bioshock's principal creation, advancement, and long-standing notoriety. Uh, and honoured to be... <laughs> notoriety, yes. Yeah, and honoured to be part of the 2K family as stewards of this iconic franchise. Sorry, I'm reading it and it's all clumped together, so I'm just trying to... Yeah, no, no, you're reading off your phone too. Crazy. No, well, I'm reading off the laptop, so I'm trying to follow it with Oh, the... okay cursor as i go oh, okay you're doing what you're gonna do yeah the last game in the series bioshock infinite released in 2013 so uh yeah it, we're seven years past now so it'll be nice to get a new one i had a lot of fun with those games so that'll be really awesome with a new one coming out yeah for sure uh, so then opening the state of play with a cheeky menu noise from resident evil 3 was a good move from sony but the cat's finally out of the bag and resident evil 3 is finally official it actually just came out three days ago 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, Josh has already beaten it. So there you go. Uh, oh, crazy. God, he didn't waste any time. Nah, he picked it up like day it came out and he beat it two days ago or something. So oh, crazy. I'm going to hopefully play it while he's here. But he bought it digitally, so I have to play it on his console, not mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so cool. it's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on April 3rd, 2020. There you go. Taking a trip back to Raccoon City won't be a walk in the park, of course. The city is in the throes of an outbreak with the shuffling undead wandering the streets and the urban jungle becoming a tangle of overturned cars and crumbling buildings. Picturesque, isn't it? It's against this backdrop that Jill Valentine prepares to make her escape, though there's a bit of a twist in the timeline for those of you who aren't familiar with the original. If you played Resident Evil 2 earlier this year, you may know that Leon and Claire arrived in the city on September 29th. Jill's story, however, starts a few days earlier as an accomplished member of Stars and a survivor of the incident in the Arclay Mountains, the site of the original Resident Evil. Jill has some experience with the horrors that await, but that's not all. Capcom also revealed that the previously revealed project Resistance is actually Resident Evil Resistance and will be bundled with Resident Evil 3 as the multiplayer component of that game. Nice. Yes. Uh, so, next one. I did not beat a game, so there's just news things. Uh, federal government announced that the classification system in Australia, including the guidelines for the classification of video games, will formally be reviewed to modernise it for different content and delivery platforms. Yeah, it's not going to make a difference. Paul Fletcher, the Minister of Communications, Cyber Safety and the Arts, announced in a release that the current chair of the Press Council and a former secretary of the Department of Communications and the Arts would leave a review of the current classification guidelines. Uh, the current framework was established in the age of dial-up internet well before the rise of the online streaming or gaming services we now use daily. So we will be looking at how to modernise it for different content and delivery platforms, Fletcher said. The terms of reference for the classification review include uh, the review will cover opportunities to harmonise the classification of or restriction of access to content across delivery or different delivery platforms including broadcasting services, commercial free-to-air national broadcasting and subscription television, online stores and services, cinema releases, and physical product, example, box video games and DVDs. Uh, the design of a contemporary Australian classification framework, including what content requires classification, consistency of classification categories, standards, and access restriction across media formats, classification decision-making processes, including the mechanisms for review, and governance arrangements, including the suitability of the current cooperative scheme uh, number three opportunities to update classification decision-making standards including a comprehensive review to update the national classification code the films guideline and the games guidelines a report on the state of classification systems will be delivered to the government by april next year well that's now yeah uh, the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association representatives for the gaming industry in Australia sent a short statement to Kotaku Australia welcoming the news. So there you go. I don't. Yeah. So that's April's now. So I guess potentially, maybe we'll see, but I doubt it. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of games that got banned here, which we did talk about in a previous episode, Hotline Miami Two, because Hotline Miami is like one of my favourite games of all time. Yeah. Um, got released obviously and then pulled down in the same day because it was banned and whatever and now you can't buy it 
Mm. So uh, Super Rare Games is one of those ones that does limited runs of physical copies of stuff. So like when I got Wonder Boy from Limited Run Games, different company, does the same sort of thing. Um, and then admittedly Wonder Boy got its own physical release anyway after I did that. But that's okay. Uh, so Super Rare Games is releasing a physical copy of the collection. So Hotline Miami 1 and 2. And being that the Switch is region free, I may nice. be able to get it, but it'll be totally. very competitive and it'll sell out in five minutes. So oh, you'll have to totally be on top of that. Yeah. Man. So I'm going to try. So April 21st is is when it goes on sale. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to try and get it. So we'll see how we go. So wish me luck. I will wish you luck. That's awesome, um, man. You've been trying to get that for ages. Yeah. So I, I saw a post about it the other day. I was pretty excited. So I'll keep an eye on it and keep refreshing my screen and see how I go. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Alrighty. So then Sony has announced the DualShock 4 back button attachment, which is set to bring additional functionality to three new buttons, similar to what Xbox has done with the Elite controller. The accessory will release on January 23rd in America and February 14th in Europe, which means we'll also likely get it on this date. It's looking at costing somewhere between $40 to $50 locally. The attachment will include two responsive back buttons that will let you set up to 16 different functions to each button. It also has an OLED screen that acts as a button that will display information such as which functions uh, you have paired to each button. You can still access the wired 3.5mm headset through this accessory as well. It's not clear if the DualShock 5 will have similar functionality built in or if this will also work with that controller. Uh, responsive back buttons and high fidelity OLED screen. The two back buttons can map up 16 different. Oh, that's the same thing. Actions such as triangle, circle, R1 and R2, to name a few, and provide amazing tactile feedback. So you can jump and slide without missing a beat. The attachment also features an integrated OLED display that provides real time information around button assignments. We already read that. Uh, highly configurable. A dedicated button allows you to remap back buttons inputs on the fly, so you're always prepared no matter what game you're playing. Furthermore, you can save and choose up to three different profiles for use in various games. And there's also a headset pass through for connecting any three and a half mil wired headset to the controller. Developed by PlayStation, the product is tested and approved for all your favorite PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR titles and is built with the ergonomics of the DualShock 4 in mind. So there you go. Cool. Uh, according to Vux, Nintendo Australia now has a new managing director. Their previous managing director uh, Kamen Yoshimura joined the company in 2017 and oversaw the Nintendo Switch launch. The new managing director is Takeru Hori, who doesn't seem to have a well-known history with Nintendo. The news comes from the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, which folks obtained documents from to confirm the change in structure. So there you go. Cool. All right, we're getting there. We're up to 208. So we're getting yeah, there. Yeah, man, crushing it. Nearly halfway. Oh, do you know what? This one has no news. So there you go. But, um, hey, nice one. But it also has three games beaten. Oh, dude, you crushed it that week. Jeez. Yeah, well, I mustn't have been checking the news. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Anyway. Too busy playing games, man. Nah, well, two of them uh, are a bit of a cheat, really. Oh, okay. Um, so we've talked about these previously on another episode when they were coming out. So I beat both... Aladdin and The Lion King, the remasters that came out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, the 
the Sega and SNES games. Yeah. Um, so I got it on PS4. So I played through both of those, gave them both three and a half. Nostalgia-wise, it was fun. Um, and having the rewind functionality that we talked about on it, it, other games and things as well made it a life a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was cool for a day. Like it literally took an hour to beat each one. Like it wasn't anything crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was still fun, and and that nostalgia was there to to play through those games. So that was nice. It probably um, will just sit in my cupboard now and not ever get played again. But that's okay. Yeah. Um. So then the other game I beat, which was which was a more um liked game and bigger game, uh, was Control. Mm. So I played it on PS4, and I gave it a four out of five. So I had a lot of fun with it. It was it was one that sort of got uh, like left along the wayside. Like it wasn't really popular, but it's actually really good. And mm. everyone who's actually played it has said it's really good. And it was just surprising because it didn't get a lot of um, marketing and stuff from Sony and that sort of thing. Because I'm pretty sure it's a Sony exclusive as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Basically, you play as this chick who uh, has, like, an entity that follows her around and helps her out and whatever, and she has powers that you can use, so you can, like, throw stuff at people and pick them up and do all sorts of stuff. So that typical um, not superhero thing, but, yeah, that sort of powers thing. Uh, So third person, run around the stage, um, solve puzzles, fight enemies. Um, Yeah. Really, really fun. Good soundtrack. Controls well. Took me a little while to pick it up controls-wise, but once you get that flow of using all your techniques and stuff together, it it was really fun. Um, there's awesome. one stage, which I won't spoil because people are still playing it and stuff, but yeah, there's, there's one part that you go through that the music just kicks in and it's like this awesome thing where you're just beating all these enemies <laughs> and oh, it was the best part of the game. It was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so it was really fun. Really fun, that one. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the next episode. There's no news again. I must have just been lazy and given up on trying to check Playing the news. a bunch of games, though, man. Um, or did you beat anything? I did, I did beat something this week, and it was a bigger game, too, so there you go. Uh, yeah, awesome. So, so beat, beating-wise, I beat the new Star Wars game, so they're just Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah, cool. So Was it any good? It was really good, yeah. Played it on PS4. Um, didn't have to buy it myself because Josh picked it up, so that was really cool. Oh, good. Uh, so yeah, borrowed it off him. Four and a half out of five, I gave that one. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so it was really cool. It's like its own story where you're a like Padawan who comes up and levels yourself up and learns stuff as you go through. Um, yeah. It, it's really cool. You can like design your own lightsaber and you get different lights and... Um, like different colors and you can pick your handle and all sorts of stuff and you find collectibles where you can change it throughout the game as well which is really cool yeah and then you can choose whether you want a a single-sided one or a double-sided one so there's a few different tweaks and things like that that i really liked yeah yeah yeah, cool kind of reminded me of um knights of the old republic in a little way you know what i mean yeah totally um oh speaking of those games i just bought both of those the other day the originals the originals? Yeah, so the originals from the original Xbox. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, because they're just back- on the Xbox Store or something. Yeah, because they're backwards compatible on the Xbox One now. Oh, dude, that's cool. And I bought them on sale for five bucks each. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was pretty excited. So I might have to have a playthrough of one of those again. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, because I was pretty excited that they were five bucks. I was like, for five bucks, I have to buy them. Totally. Yeah, so I was pretty happy about that. Anyway, yeah, awesome. so Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order, very, very fun. Um, just being able to use all your force powers and the fighting with the lightsabers and, and just that Star Wars feel and, and universe. Yeah, yeah really fun. Awesome. Lots of fun. Cool. Uh, I'm running out of breath, talking too much. Yeah, you know it. Oh, who cares, man? We're plowing through it, so that's great. We are. How long have we been going? I haven't actually got it on my screen. Uh, 53 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. All right, well, we'll keep going. Uh, so this one, no games, just news. Uh, so majority of the Pokemon Nintendo Direct, obviously there must have been a Nintendo Direct, um, sure. was taken up by two expansion passes, which were released in June and spring. Uh, they're called the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra, and we'll set you back $45 Australian for both. Uh, 200 plus well-known Pokemon are coming to the games with the download content, but you won't need to purchase the DLC to get these Pokemon, as people who do own the DLC will be able to trade them to you. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, To be honest, I've actually, later on down the track, I've just been playing Pokemon and have just finished it recently. Um, And I actually am contemplating buying the expansion passes because I want to see what is involved with those so there you go uh so the isle of armor will focus on growth where you'll become an apprentice of a former pokemon champion in mustard uh you'll have a new rival in either kiara or avery depending on which version you own and you'll also get a new legendary pokemon in the form of cub foo who can evolve into urshifu uh, the Crown Tundra will focus on exploration in a brand new ice region. It'll feature a new legendary Pokemon called Calyrex. Uh, and we'll also have a new online co-op mode, which will allow you to play alongside other trainers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the DLC will also introduce Galarian variations of Articuno, Moltres, and Zapdos, who all look bad, the A word. <laughs> Mm. Um, a new software update for Sword and Shield was released today where you can meet both Kiara Avery as well as catch a Galarian Slowpoke. Oh, that's pretty cool. Actually, I think I caught that Slowpoke in my game. So there you go. Groovy. Uh, yeah. So I, after playing through Pokemon, I'm, I'm pretty keen to buy that download content sometime. It is 45 bucks, so sometime. Yeah, it's, pretty, I... it's a pretty epic price for DLC, but well, I guess it's Pokemon, so you're going to play it, aren't you? Well, you get two in, like, the pack, I guess. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like two different expansions in one. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure the Zelda, the Breath of the Wild expansion, I think it's about 35 bucks as well. And it's, yeah, I think it's only one, like, level expansion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, so Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX is coming to Nintendo Switch on the 6th of March, so that's already out now too. Um, It's a remake of one of the 3DS games um, that they're bringing to Switch, so it's the one where you get to actually play as Pokemon and you go into the dungeons 
and fight Pokemon and then you add them to your team as you go through the dungeon. So I played it a little bit on the 3DS. Yeah, um, good. I, I, I'll probably pick it up if it ever goes on sale, but yeah, I'm not. It's not when I'm rushing out to get anytime soon. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Uh, okay, so then it's definitely sad news, but EB Games has been sending out notices to customers overnight informing them that their local stores will be closing in the coming weeks. These closing down sales will bring 20 to 60% off store-wide. It's unclear how much stock will be left at specific stores. Um, oh, that's... You mean games aren't an essential service? No, and that's the end of it. They totally are. They're still open. They're still open? Yeah, man. So why did they say they're shutting? Well, this was in... Was it just an excuse to have a sale? This was in January, so no, no COVID-19 yet. I think it's what? they must have been losing money or something. I don't know. Like some specific stores. Yeah, it's just specific stores, it says. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. It wasn't any of the ones near me, so. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But no, EB is definitely still open. They don't accept cash at the moment, and they aren't taking trade-in games at the moment. Mm. Um, so only card payments and that's it, basically. Um, but yeah, definitely still open. So you reckon this is all EB Games or some stores? Sorry, no, no, it's a, it says that only it, it it's specific yeah, stores. select stores. Because yeah. I was gonna say, man, like EB are not not making money. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It just said it's sad news that they've been sending but out some notices to yeah. customers informing them that their local stores will be closing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, so then, PlayStation Australia has announced today announced. PS Plus Plays. Uh, this is a monthly competition that will see you competing, oh, completing challenges in one game every month in order to win a massive prize. Whilst we don't know exactly what each prize is yet, we know you'll also go in the running to win a trip to PAX Australia for you and your mates. The first three games to kick off PS Plus Plays competition will be January was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, February was EA Sports FIFA 20, and March was Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, you'll need to complete certain challenge in each of these games and share your attempt to Twitter with the hashtag PS Plus Plays. Yeah, I don't know much about that. And they're all games that I don't really play, so there you go. Nice. Uh, so then, next one, no games, just news. Speed running is a popular pastime with truly dedicated gamers and is a practice which often requires players to exploit glitches or shortcuts in clever ways. However, there's no such technique to be found in a game like Ring Fit Adventure. But this hasn't stopped a bunch of players from speedrunning it regardless. (laughs) Japanese player Sakinyan currently holds the world record for speedrunning the new Switch fitness title during the record-setting playthrough conducted on an intensity level of one, the lowest setting. So, for example, um, to counteract that, the highest level is level 30, and that's what I play it on, and I'm oh, okay. and I'm up to, like, the last world now. Yeah, cool. Um, and, I've, and I've been playing for about 47 hours or something. Yeah, cool. Uh, so she beat... The game's final boss after a staggering 18 hours, 59 seconds. Uh, when you consider that Ring Fit Adventure is arguably designed to be played in short daily bursts, that's quite an achievement. Sakin Yan isn't alone in this endeavour either. Adam uh, Ventifer 
England lies in second place on the leaderboard with a time of 19 hours, 30 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, meanwhile, Liam, Liam Geevy Gallagher currently holds records for 10 of the game's 23 worlds. While the speed running community surrounding Ringfit Adventure is small right now, it's clearly on the up and up. It goes without saying that the stamina and determination to play a game as demanding as this for almost an entire day is off the scale. Second Yen apparently only visited the bathroom once during the record-breaking run. These players are pushing their bodies to the absolute limit, but even for Second Yen, there's definitely there is a definite ceiling. While her record-breaking run was done on the game's easiest mode, the true gauntlet, and one that will be harder to crack, is finishing the game as fast as possible with the intensity level set to 30. With the setting this high, the physical demands are increased dramatically. So how did Second Yen do on level 30? 11 hours and 16 minutes. Nothing to be sniffed at, and certainly better than what we could do. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, as I said, in comparison, I've been going for about 40-something hours now, and I'm still not finished yet. But I do only do it in those short bursts. You're hardcore. Where yeah. I do it for about 35 minutes a day. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, uh, so Square Enix have tonight announced that Final Fantasy VII Remake, or at least the first part of it, will be delayed from its original March 3rd, 2020 release date to April 10th. Speaking of that, it got released early in Australia, so... I've got it already. So there you go. Nice. And it's not even April 10th yet. As Mark said, it's April 8th. So no spoilers, as they said when they released it. And it's because of all this virus stuff that they um, did it early. Uh, But as far as I'm aware, it was only for Australia, not anywhere else. Oh, crazy. So there you go. Uh, So this shift in release date puts Final Fantasy VII... Remake squarely between Resident Evil 3, which launches on April 3rd, and Cyberpunk 2077, which launches on April 16th. Uh, Final Fantasy, I don't think, I think that's been delayed now too, I can't remember. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remakes has been fraught with issues restarting development and changing development teams before we got to the point we were at today. Um, I haven't actually started it yet, I did get it. Whenever I talked to you last, when was that? Last Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, so I've had it for a week and I haven't had a chance to play it yet. But I, um, maybe tonight after we finish this, I might put it on for a little bit. Yeah, cool. So we'll see how we go. Uh, okay, so then Square Enix have confirmed that Marvel Avengers will also be releasing much later in the year than anticipated. Uh, the game will now be releasing on September 4th, 2020. It's unclear how this will affect any beta schedule. The game was originally scheduled to launch on 15th of May. And that's a decent jump, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, this is all this is all about delays. Cyberpunk 2077... I knew, I, I knew, I knew this had been delayed. Cyberpunk 2077 um, has been delayed from its April release to September 17th, 2020. Oh, they're both going to September. Uh, CD Projekt Red announced... Uh, CD Projekt Red published the following notice on its official Twitter account confirming the postponed launch of their upcoming sci-fi role-playing game. Cyberpunk 2077 won't make the April release window and we're moving the launch date to September 17, 2020, the company wrote. We are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable, but there's still work to be done. 
Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit, but due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish playtesting, fixing, and polishing. CD Projekt Red did say that it wants Cyberpunk 2077 to be a crowning achievement for this generation, meaning the studio still intends to release Cyberpunk 2077 for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, CD Projekt Red also confirmed that the planned multiplayer will likely not be out until after 2021. There you go. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that game. It it looks really good. Really, really good. So that'll be really exciting. Um, something to play in September, as well as Marvel's Avengers. That'll be fun too. So there you go. Two games in September mm-hmm. to look forward to. Okay. Uh, so it's not hugely surprising considering the new PlayStation controllers are usually backwards compatible for one generation. Uh, but PlayStation France has confirmed on their website that DualShock 5 will be compatible with all versions of the PlayStation 4. That's pretty cool. We still haven't seen what DualShock 5 will look like. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> but we do know that it'll have adaptive triggers that allow you to feel vibration of the games. A USB-C port and the controller itself will be slightly bigger. We still don't know if the touchpad and light bar will feature in the DualShock 5, but it's unlikely that we'll see these go, especially if the PS5 will be backwards compatible. Yeah, so okay. uh, moving on, beat a few games this week. Uh, so first one was Mario Land, Super Mario Land, which I played on my 3DS, but it was the original Game Boy game, obviously. Uh, mm. So I gave that one a three and a half. Uh, so then I played also and beat Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins, <laughs> which I also played on my 3DS. How awesome is that game? Yeah, it, Old school. it got a five out of five. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then on top of that, I beat Just Dance 2020 on the Xbox One. Yeah, cool. Um, which I didn't really know you could do, but it has an actual um, mode that you... It's it's like a... I can't remember what it's called now, but it's like a car traveling road trip mode or something. Yeah. Um, and you, it, it literally is was about 20 songs or something that you danced to in your bus and you picked up people along the way and um, got to the end. And it had a thanks for playing and all this stuff. So it was really fun. Um, I actually gave it a five out of five, but that's in combination with everything else to do with Just Dance. So the fun that we've had with it and uh, all the songs that you can actually play now and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's really fun and the kids love it. And I having fun with it. It's like my extra exercise thing when I feel like doing something just to muck around sort of thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <sighs> okay, take a breath. Uh, so a little bit of news. Techland has announced that Dying Light 2 has been delayed from its autumn release window. This is due to the fact that they want to continue working on the game to ensure that it releases in line with their usual high standard. Uh, What's more interesting is the fact that Dying Light 2 now has no kind of release window at all. It's likely that it could release at the end of the year in line with next-gen consoles. Dying Light 2 is a hugely ambitious game with choices that completely change the world. So there you go. Okay, what have we got in this one? Uh, so no games beaten in this one, but a bit of news. Uh, I keep having to take a breath because I'm talking so much. Mm. Uh, we're up to two thirteen though, so that's only ten away from. Yeah, we're getting there. Great. Uh, that other I reckon one, let's so. just go for it, man. It's an hour and eight minutes. 
You reckon? That'll be another yeah. hour, probably. Oh, uh, well, maybe then. We can just call it. Oh, well, call it whenever you want, man. We'll see it. Let me let me quickly just look. You keep talking. I'll quickly look. Oh, the next couple don't have... Oh, one of them doesn't even have games or news. So there you go. <laughs> so there's one that's empty. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay. All right, so... Nintendo Co. Limited has just applied for 39, yes, 39 video game trademarks in Japan based on various older titles from past generations. The games mentioned included GameCube titles like Super Mario Sunshine and Eternal Darkness, Wii games such as The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, and DS games like Golden Sun Dark Dawn. Even classic series like Wave Race and Kid Icarus get a mention. Uh, Below is the full list courtesy of Japanese Nintendo. I think I put this in here because I thought you would like it. Uh, so there's Freaky Forms, Kirby's Adventure, Kirby Air Ride, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Kid Icarus, Jam with the Band, Golden Sun, Dark Dawn, Dylan's Rolling Western, The Last Ranger, Face Raiders, Eternal Darkness, Majora's Mask, Card Hero, Balloon Kid, Animal Crossing, City Folk, Alleyway, WarioWare, Smooth Moves, Wave Race, Mario Sports, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Miniland Mayhem, Urban Champion, The Wind Waker, The Adventure of Link, Swamp Note, Super Mario World, Super Mario Sunshine, Steel Diver, Spirit, Chimera, Kirby Mass Attack, Skyward Sword, Shadows of Almia, Pokemon Ranger, uh, Radar Mission, Pushmo, Pull Blocks, Phantom Hourglass, Ocarina of Time, Nintendo Presents Style Boutique, Nintendogs Plus Cats, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Minis March Again, and Cruisin'. Nice. So, out of all that, if I can get uh, Mario Sunshine, that'll be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I have... Oh, Skyward Sword as well. That'd be pretty cool. But the my only thing with Skyward Sword is that it was made specifically for the Wiimote. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure exactly how they would do that specifically for Switch. I suppose you've got the Joy-Cons, so potentially it could be done. Um, So, yeah, that would that I'd be interested to see if they do do that as well. Uh, Alrighty, so the Pokemon company has released a new wave of information for Pokemon Home. Uh, the upcoming cloud-based service which helps players store and trade their favorite Pokemon across a number of games. The service will use your Nintendo account on both the Nintendo Switch and mobile. Uh, you'll be able to access the same Pokemon boxes on both versions of the app. As expected, you'll be able to move Pokemon between compatible games, but you'll also be able to trade Pokemon on the go, and there are two different pricing plans available. The Switch version of Pokemon Home supports connectivity with Pokemon Sword and Shield and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Support for Pokemon Go is coming in the future. The diagram below will hopefully help to show exactly how Pokemon can be transferred from those games to the new service as well as from Pokemon Bank on 3DS. Notice how you can't send a Pokemon back to the Let's Go titles once they've been sent to home. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the mobile mm. version of Pokemon Home can be used in other ways too. Wonderbox lets you trade with people around the world even when you're not using the app. The GTS lets you specify which Pokemon you want to trade and which Pokemon you want to receive, matching you with another player who meets that criteria. 
Uh, room trade lets you create a room and trade Pokemon among the people who join. And friend trade allows you to trade your Pokemon with other users who you've become friends with in the app. Uh, Pokemon Home will be available on a free plan or a premium plan. The premium plan will cost $2.99 for a 30-day subscription, $4.99 for a 90-day subscription, or $15.99 for an annual subscription. You can see the differences between the two versions below. So I've got a diagram thing. Uh, so moving Pokemon from Pokemon Bank in the basic one is not available, in the premium one it is. Number of Pokemon that can be deposited in the basic one it's 30, in the premium one it's 6,000. Number of Pokemon that can be placed in the Wonder Box at once, 3 basic and 10 in the premium. Number of Pokemon that can be placed in the GTS at once, 1 in the basic, 3 in the premium. Uh, room trade with the basic you can only participate, but the premium you can participate and host. Uh, and judge function is not available in basic and available in the premium. Uh, finally, it has also been revealed that Pokemon will be registered to the National Pokedex when you deposit them in the boxes in Pokemon Home. Mega Revolutions and Gigantamax forms will be registered separately too. Pokemon Home will be available in February 2020, although no specific release date has been set just yet. I've actually got it on my phone now, but I haven't really used it, so I'm not sure. Uh, has it been big? Like, has it been a huge Nah, not, not that I know of. I haven't really heard anything about it, so... Yeah, cool. Um, I imagine if you want to swap, like move your Pokemon between different generations and stuff, that obviously it, it is something that you could do that with. But yeah, I'm not really yeah. been fast on doing that. So yeah. Uh, alrighty. So then uh, no games for this one. Bit of news. Uh, the wonderful 101 is officially coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, so that was a Wii U game. Um, oh, yeah. after being kickstarted in less than 15 minutes. Uh, the game will come to Switch in both a physical and digital capacity in April 2020. The goal of the Kickstarter was 74,000 AUD, and it's already at 322 AUD in less than an hour. Uh, for it to come to PC, Crazy. it has to reach 250,000, which it already has passed. Um, and has to reach yeah. 500,000 for it to come to PlayStation 4, which it should reach in a mere matter of minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can back the game to get a number of rewards, including being blocked on Twitter by Kamiya himself, as well as a number of the wonderful 101 merch, including keychain, soundtracks, T-shirt, and a digital comic. The wonderful 101 originally re reached... On, oh, I think that's meant to be released on Nintendo Wii U to disappointing sales numbers. It had a small. So you liked it though, didn't you? I have. I haven't actually played it, but I heard good things about it. Yeah, um, I have to give it a go. I do have it on my Wii U, so I can play it one day. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it had a small audience of hardcore fans, and this will hopefully increase after the release of the game on Switch. Cool. I wonder if I can. I'm look sure it will. I wonder if I can look up how much they actually made. Give me two secs. You talk while I look at Kickstarter quickly. Nice. Well, yeah, no, I haven't tried that either, but I remember the cover because you showed me. Yeah, it looks like a really cool, like, comic book type thing. Oh, totally. But, yeah, I just want to look up. Oh, yeah, I can. So it was 4,337% funded. Uh, okay, so on, on Kickstarter it says that they're 
pledge amount was $81,321 was the, was the, what they needed. Mm. They made $3.5 million, just over $3.5 million. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, three five. Uh, two seven and four hundred and seventy five dollars. Yeah, great. So there you go. I I did admittedly follow it um, when it got released on Kickstarter, and to get the just the digital version, it was about mm. fifty five dollars Australian. Yeah, fair enough. And I just was like, now nah, I'll just wait Played and see if it comes out or whatever. Yeah. Because I've yeah exactly I've got it on Wii, so I was like, yeah, I don't need to be paying fifty bucks when I can buy something else for fifty bucks. Totally. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool. So overnight, Sony has launched the official PlayStation Five website uh, with a sign-up form, so that fans can stay up to date with details as they are launched. The website doesn't tell us anything new, with Sony saying that they're not quite ready to unveil the next generation of PlayStation just yet. The company has said that they're going to announce the PS5 release date, PS5 price, and upcoming roster of PS5 launch games in the future. We already know that the PlayStation 5 will bring quicker loading times with the DualShock 5 having haptic feedback in the triggers, as well as a bunch of other improvements. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, It looks like a Crash Bandicoot mobile game is on the way by King Creative. Uh, shopfront listing for the game was discovered this morning, complete with a set of screenshots, a weird-looking icon, and a full description for the game. The game looks like an endless runner of sorts, where you can jump, slide, spin, and surf on the iconic tracks of the Wampo, Wamp, Wampa Island. Um, you have to collect Wampa fruit, spin through crates for rewards, and avoid TNT crates. Uh, as you play through the game, it looks like you'll be able to build up a base of operations to create an arsenal of weapons to take down Dr. Neo Cortex. You'll also be able to team up with Coco in-game. Uh, it's unclear when this will release, but we put our money on it happening this year. Uh, cool. Well, this was the f- was the start of February 20, so I haven't heard anything about that yet, but maybe. Oh, here you go. Do you know what? This would be why I didn't have a lot of big games from January to mid-February. Because uh, the game I beat for this episode that we would have done was The Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt. So, I played this on PS4 and I obviously gave it a 5 out of 5 and would again and again give it a 5 out of 5. It, it would have to be one of my top games ever as well. Um, so I got the, I ended up getting like the game of the year edition. So it came with all the expansions and everything. Awesome. So I played it through to the point where I literally did every single mission. Awesome. So how long did that take? Story missions, side missions, collecting things, things you can do. I didn't, oh, I probably didn't, like I didn't get a platinum trophy, but I did every sort of mission possible that you could basically do in the game as well as both expansions that came with it as well. Yeah. Um, Play-wise, I don't know, it would have been at least probably 70-plus hours, I reckon. Awesome, that's hard. I might have to have a look. I'm not sure if there's anywhere that you can see how long that you played for. I might have to have a look in the options and see if there's anywhere that you can see it. I'm sure there probably is. There's probably like yeah. a, an overall thing of stuff you've done in the world or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to have a look. But, oh, my God, can't believe I waited this long to play it, hey, because it was 
really good and and very much my type of game where you're doing missions and leveling up your character and getting new weapons yeah. and swords and all sorts like it's it was really fun um on top of that it has like a little side quest thing where mm. uh you get to play the gwent card game so oh yeah it's like a little tabletop type card game and um I probably had just as much fun doing that side mission part of it as I did just playing the normal game. That's awesome. Um, so I got the trophy. There's a trophy you can get for collecting all the available cards. Yeah. Groovy. And then there's like two tournaments that you can do where you get trophies for as well, specific to different um, side missions. So I won both of those tournaments as well, got the trophies for those. Um, yeah, had heap of fun heap of fun with that game it was awesome if you haven't played it go and play it amazing game cool man yeah awesome uh so there's a little bit of news for this one i don't know do you reckon we should call it at that after this one sure oh no let's do a couple more because there's the couple with no notes so let's just do the news quickly this one and then we'll see how we go uh, so Bloomberg oh. is reporting that Sony is struggling with the decision in regards to pricing the PlayStation 5 due to scarce components, uh, inevitably pushing the price up. Sony typically finalizes the cost of new console price in February, but Sony is apparently taking a uh, wait-and-see approach this time around, opting to see how Microsoft prices their console. The PS4 costs nice. 3.99 US at launch, uh, whilst costing about 3.81 US to manufacture. Uh, currently, the PS5 is estimated to cost 450 US, so about 669 Australian um, to manufacture, which puts its retail price at roughly 499 or 750 AUD, a little bit under 750. Um, industry analyst Zed Huge X um, has said that this information is true but can obviously change and that Xbox Series X will likely cost more to manufacture but expects them to be priced similarly. Uh, it's no secret at this point that both Microsoft and Sony release how important pricing... Oh, sorry. Realise how important pricing will be at launch uh, with Sony opting to undercut Microsoft at the PS4 slash Xbox One launch. It's also been reported that a new PlayStation VR headset would launch after the PS5 and that many of the PS5 games at launch will also be available on PS4. Sony is apparently having a biggest trouble with uh, DRAM and NAND flash memory, uh, which oh, yeah. are both in high demand currently due to smartphone makers. Uh, for instance, Samsung's newly announced Galaxy 20 line has a minimum of 12 gig of RAM in each device. The cooler inside the PS5 is also more expensive than usual, with Sony wanting to make sure that the powerful components inside its console would not overheat. With Microsoft likely to wait until E3 to give more information on the Series X, which E3 is not happening now because of coronavirus, uh, which is in news later on, um, it's becoming unclear how long we'll have to wait to get our first glimpse at the PS5. And with this new information, it seems unlikely that we'll get a price once this does happen. Uh, it's even murkier with Sony revealing that they won't be at E3 for a second consecutive year. The PlayStation 4 price was revealed in June before a November release, so Sony still have quite a few months to reveal how much games, gamers will be paying on the day one for their console. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so next one, I beat new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe on the Nintendo Switch. 
Uh, gave that a I'm five sure that out of five. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I haven't been there yet, but I've been playing it. Yeah, so I played that through with Thomas. We played from start to finish. Um, he still will sit there and say, can we play the Mario game? And we'll go through oh, of course. and play all the stuff. So I'm trying to, every time he wants to play now, I try and convince him to play new Luigi U. Yeah, sweet. Because I'm like, dude, we haven't beaten this one yet, so maybe we can play through. So I think we've played through about four or five levels, but then he's always like, nah, I like the Mario one better. So we, awesome. we always end up going back to that one. That's good. Um, so, yeah, but not a lot of uh, news on this one. Uh, so Sony has overnight announced the PlayStation Player Celebration. This new initiative will bring... Oh, sorry, will begin on February 24th and will reward players with the chance to earn free PS4 static themes, avatars, and dynamic themes. All you need to do is register here, then play games and earn trophies in order to add to the global tally. I actually did this, so this was really cool. Um, awesome. By entering to take part in the challenge, you also go in the running to receive a real-life platinum trophy with your PSN ID, uh, a PlayStation Store voucher valued at $145 and a selection of PS4 games. Uh, so what they had was an exclusive PS4 theme with a PSN avatar. Uh, so 125,000 games played and 500,000 trophies earned. So that was the first milestone. Uh, so then the next one you got was five exclusive PSN avatars, and that was at 375,000 games played and one and a half million trophies earned. And then the third one was an exclusive PS4 dynamic theme, and that was at 675,000 games played and 2.7 million trophies earned. Um, so I got all three of those because I was playing through The Witcher at the time. Um, yeah. So I was obviously consistently earning trophies all the time, which was really good for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I got all those cool themes and stuff. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Cool. Alrighty. So, then the next one has nothing. Uh, the next one, I beat Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, so, I had that on PS4 and gave it a four and a half. Uh, so, it's like a, a remaster of the original one. Um, oh, yeah. So, they did really well. It was really good. Uh, story was really good. Looks really nice. Um, and plays really well. And it's a Call of Duty game, so they're pretty polished. Like, it's to be expected now that they know what they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no news on that one. Um, I don't know. It's up to you now because <laughs> um, this one has a decent amount of news. Uh, and so do the next couple. So I reckon we probably can call it there. Okay. And do the next one. Well, I mean, that's almost the hour and a half, so we'll call it there and we can finish it off next Sounds time. good to me because we're up to 2.19. So there's literally one, two, three, four, and then this week's is five. Groovy, man. So we're, awesome. we're nearly up to date again. So that's great. Cool. I'll have to actually post about the games I've beaten because there's a couple on here I haven't posted about yet. So I'll have to do those before we do the episodes. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Groovy. All right. Let's do this. We're going to take us out yeah i have to always remember what we're doing now so yeah if you want to check us out you can go to our website is walkingthroughgames.com um obviously listen to us on itunes or stitcher so just search for walking through games you should be able to find us there um if you're listening to those and you're liking it um please feel free to give us a five star review because that helps us to get the word out and and what does it do like shows higher up in people's lists and things like that so it gives us a bit more exposure um, leave us some comments. We're happy to see those comments. If you want us to do anything and talk about stuff, we're happy to take all that on board. 
Uh, so we've got all our social media stuff is facebook.com slash walking through games. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are WTG underscore podcast. So if you want to send us any messages or anything, questions, that sort of thing, go to us on there. Um, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? pretty much it man nice job all the stuff yeah sorry i'll get better at it again it's been (laughs) anyway as long as we get them all out there um the main one is obviously yeah listen to the podcast if you if you're happy with it yeah leave us those um five stars and and reviews and stuff so more people can see it and um we can get the word out and get some more listeners that's it cool cool all righty well yeah it's nice to be um nearly caught up again so We'll, we'll yeah, get man, there. Yeah, man, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Yeah, but... I'll be happy with that. Ah, yeah, man. And who knows well, how long we'll be in isolation for, so... That's it. I could be doing it, it from my laundry for uh, a few more weeks to months yet. Indeed you could, man. Indeed you could. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Cool. All right, sweet. Well, I... Uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about getting it finished and being actually up to date each week because we can probably go more in depth. I kind of just let you take it away there because uh, it meant that we got through more. Yeah, that's but what I figured too. And I didn't get much chance to, stuff. to butt in either with my fast talking. So hopefully you can all understand what I was saying. Oh, I think it was great, man. Cool. And I don't know. The, the audio sensor came my ears, so we'll wait and see for the final version. But yeah, I think it's fine in your laundry for now. Yeah, hopefully it picked it up a bit because I did turn the volume down on my mic. So hopefully it's loud enough. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thanks, man. All right. No thanks, worries. everyone, for listening. If you got this far, then, oh, my goodness, yeah. hats off. Good on you. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right, sweet, All man. All right. Cheers, I'll guys. Talk to you later. No worries. Bye. Bye.